happy Friday, family. Happy Friday to you and you and you. Um, how y'all doing? How's your week been? Hi, Crystal. Hey, Ray Della. Um, we're covering Love in Paradise, season two, episode seven, The Bottom Line. And can I just say, I have so many questions, you guys. I have so many questions about this episode. I don't know why, but I just feel like all of the couples have gone extremely downhill so quickly. I cannot believe how many issues are going on. Hey, Lori. So let's start. Let's start with Sherlon and Ariana. First of all, I you guys know I've always been Team Sherlon, but these last episodes, he's just been digging and digging and digging this hole that I just cannot stand beside. So first question I have, so we meet his mom, Joan, right? We're meeting his mom, find out that the mom lives in the U.S. I have questions about that because I guess his parents split when he was 10 and then the mom moved to the U.S. But he, and he said that they were close, but they would video chat. And so I'm wondering, has he never come to the U.S. to visit her? And if that's the case, why not? You know, I'm nosy like that. Like, why why not? And if you have, when was the last time you saw her? Because you made it seem like you hadn't seen her in a long time. But then she talks about how she didn't raise him like this. But I'm, I'm confused. Because, so did he live with her part-time? Did he not live with her part-time? Has, can he not come to the U.S.? Like, I'm just, I have questions, you guys. So, Mom lives in the U.S., really wants Sherlon to settle down, get married, raise this kid, all the things. And, you know, that's not what Sherlon wants. And Sherlon is forgetting that he is 36 years old, so he can settle down at any time now, and it would make sense, right? But he wants to run amok and, you know, live that single life. And I don't even know if I think that he's going to be capable to make these changes and fixing himself. Like I'm, I'm not, I'm not sure. Uh, Crystal says, yeah, the last two episodes, Sherlyn's lost a lot of points with me. Same. Um, I've always struggled to see Sherlyn in Odin. When I saw his mom, I was like, oh, he's that Odin's twin. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, <clears throat> so they're going to have dinner. It's going to be Sherlyn. And his mom, Joan, Ariana, and her mom, Karen. And I already knew. I knew it was going to be like a shit show. Because you have three strong women who are not about to put up with Sherlon's antics. And so <clears throat> they sit down and, you know, right off the bat, Karen's like, so what's up? What's up with, with you? What's going on? And And what's happening with this relationship? And... Joan says the same thing. So I get that you love your son and I get you say your the love for Odin has gotten stronger and stronger. But what about Ariana? Are you putting in the work for this relationship? And Ariana's like, yeah, yeah, we're working on it. And the mom did not like that. Joan was like, working on what? Are you working on this relationship? What's happening? Um, and then, you know, Sherlon goes into this whole 
story about how, you know, just the baby came so quickly and we didn't have a strong relationship and, you know, the baby just came so quick. And so now we're, we're like trying to figure it out and yeah, fool, we know, but here's the thing. You should have thought about long-term before you stuck it in her without protection. Like, I don't understand what you're doing. You're just running amok, having all the sex with all the strangers and you're 36 years old and you're not using contraceptives. Like, I just don't even get it. Like, you're too old to be running amok like that. However, not only are you running amok, you're like scamming and you're and you're misleading these people because you think, oh, it's gonna be they're here on vacay for for like a week or two weeks. I'll be able to like woo them and say all the things that they want to hear and then bye-bye. Next. And he even said it. He like likes to just like take off and he can take off this time because there's a baby involved. So one of, you know, your conquests got pregnant. Silly goose. So <clears throat> Karen and Karen really goes in on, on Shalon saying, you know, I see the results of what you are doing or not doing. So I see her, you know, raising this baby by herself. I see her, you know, sad. She has no one to talk to sometimes. I see her in the shower crying sometimes because she doesn't feel supported. She doesn't feel heard. She doesn't feel loved by you. <clears throat> um, and so, you know, you call whenever you want. And sometimes you say you call once or twice a day but if you have a serious conversation then you're not trying to have a conversation you go mia for like three four days on ed and you know if i think back to the previous season arana even says that he doesn't send like any type of support so you're not financially supporting that child you're not emotionally supporting the mom so what is it that you're doing? You just call and be like, that's my boy. Hey, hey, you look so cute. Hey, baby, this is daddy. This is daddy. And then that's it. <clears throat> it's just bizarre to me. Like, I'm just, I don't know what happened with Sherlock, but he just is really shocking me in these last few episodes. So his mom finds out. So Joan finds out basically that, you know, Sherlon is a deadbeat. He's like a deadbeat dad. And she was shocked that he's not supporting uh, Ariana seriously and shocked that not even, there's not even an emotional support there. And, you know, Ariana starts crying. Now, one of the things I do want to talk about that like kind of sidetracked me a little bit, trying to figure it out. Did you, did anyone notice like her lashes, Ariana's lashes were a little bit weird? in this episode, like I couldn't figure out what was going on. Like, I want to say that they were lash extensions, but they were, were like, just like one long one here, one long one here, one long one here. It was, I don't know. Anyone else notice that? It sidetracked me. So she starts crying and she's like, you know, listen, when I first met you, you were so nice and caring and loving. And you said you loved me and all the things. Then I got pregnant and now I don't know who this person is. You're like a totally different person. And he's like, yeah, I take full ownership of misleading you. I was shocked, you guys, because I didn't actually really believe that he said all of those things to her. 
because his actions last season were so sensible and reasonable. You know, he's like, I can't rush this. I don't know her long enough. I want to take her time. And all the things he said made sense. And then all of a sudden, now I'm finding out that you were, not only were you doing that, but you were misleading her by like love bombing her just so that you can get in her pants. And then he literally says it. He's like, I take full ownership for misleading you. I did get what I wanted sexually. And normally when I get what I want sexually, I lose interest. So I wasn't taking this seriously at all. I thought it was going to just be, you know, a vacay, wham, bam, thank you, ma'am. So yeah, I charmed you and I said all the things and then you got pregnant. And then you got pregnant. So instead of having to, I always say, vacay babe should stay on vacay, right? That's what I always tell y'all. But this fool gets wrapped up, has a baby, and Ariana's not having it. She's like, you know what? You presented yourself as a lie. You know, you said all the things that you love me, that you want to share life with me. You're looking for long-term, all the things. And you didn't mean any of it. And Joan is looking at her son like she wants to (laughs) be a typical Caribbean mother and be like, nah, fool, you're going to fix this immediately. Um, And so Joan's like, yeah, you need to stop messing around with people's daughters. You like, when do you think you're going to settle down? When do you think you're going to be serious about your life? You know, she deserves so much better. Karen says the same thing that she deserves so much better. And if you don't want this, be honest. Be honest about what you you want so that she doesn't waste any more time with with you thinking that it's something that it's not. So then, you guys, he tells this sob story that I'm just like, we've all had high school relationships where our hearts got broken, right? But he says he really... When he was 16 years old, there was a girl that he really, really liked and, you know, was in love with her and wanted to be with her, all the things. At 16, and turns out she was cheating on him. And ever since then, he's had trust issues, commitment issues. He doesn't want to make himself vulnerable. And so that's why he just, you know, runs amok and runs through women. And Ariana made a good point in this episode. She's like, dude, you need to get over it. You need to lay it to rest because you're 36. That was 20 years ago. And it put it all perspective to me. I was like, yeah, we've all had our little hearts broken as teenagers. So you're going to hold on to it. And then now he says that he wants to fix himself. And he says, if that means going to therapy, then that's what he's going to do. But I'm having a hard time believing it because if you were going to fix yourself, would you not have fixed yourself before? Right? So you know you have trust and commitment issues. You have to want to change those or, or work on those things. And it seems to me like you're not trying to do any of that. And I find it interesting. And all of a sudden now you're going to be 36 and you're going to change your ways. But in the same breath, his to camera was like, I hope I don't fall back into my dirty scoundrel ways. Yeah. Okay. So it doesn't look to me like you're trying to do anything for real, for real. I think you're doing lip service. 
to the facts, but we'll see. What do you guys think? Do you think that Sherlon will put in the work to change so that he doesn't have trust issues and commitment issues? Let me know in the live chat. If you're watching the replay, let me know in the comments below. Don't forget to like and subscribe. I always forget to say that. Um, and yeah, moving on to Amber Danielle. Amber is the problem. Amber is the problem. Amber is the problem. Did I say that enough time? Did I think that Amber is the problem? First of all, Amber, you're married now, so you would think that you would make your husband a priority. Second of all, a red flag to me is, listen, you were, I get you were on vacation, you had vacay bay, and you partied all the time because that's what you were doing, you were on vacation, but now you're home, and you have responsibilities, and you have a husband, and it seems to me like you don't want to spend any time with your husband, and it seems to me like you just, you resent Y'all, she resents him. That's what's happening here. She doesn't want to spend time with him because she resents him. So she's having a kimono night. Um, her and Ashton are in kimonos. They're drinking. They're partying. She wants to let loose. She's so happy Ashton is living there um, because it feels just heavy when Daniel's there and she calls him miserable. I'm like, well, you're not really making him feel comfortable and you're his wife. Like, what's happening? <clears throat> and so Daniel feels left out. He feels like he's not a priority. He's alone in this room. He's like, like just sitting there. Meanwhile, you haven't included him in your partying ways. And the reason why you haven't included him in your partying ways is because, again, you resent him. And it's all about the money, right? So... He's like, you know, I just want my wife to make me a priority. I thought she would come in the room. Maybe we can snuggle. You know, he wants his wife to consider his feelings, all the things. And he's using his words, you guys. And I always talk about how important communication is. And he's using his words. And yet, nada. Nada from, from Amber. Like, I don't know who this Amber is, but it's definitely not the Amber that we saw last season who was so in love and couldn't believe it and was working so hard to do all the paperwork to get Daniel to America. You know, who's this chick? This is like frat girl who wants to just party it up and act like she doesn't have a husband that lives in that house. Now, here's here's what I think is going on. she's literally resents him and she resents the fact that she has to pay for everything. And she resents the fact that he in her mind is just sitting around. Right. And then when they had that big blow up and she's like, uh, F you. And I just, I need you to give me a break. I didn't know it was going to be like this. She says, she's like, I'm the one that, and these are interesting words. I'm the one that works. I'm the driver. I'm the mother. I was like, hmm, that's an interesting thing to say. You're the mother, the teacher, the secretary. And Dan was like, well, listen, you knew all these things from the beginning. You knew. And I'm convinced that she, she knew because she was doing all the paperwork. So you know what a K-1 visa entails. You know that he can't legally work in America until he has his green card. And so you knew you were going to have to take on that financial responsibility. And so you spazzing out this episode saying you, you didn't know, you didn't know, you didn't know. Yes, you did. 
and you chose to do it anyways. And the reason why you're saying you don't know now is because you resent Daniel and you're mad that he is at home and you're having to do double shifts and all the things to support the both of you. And that's why you brought in your sister and then now your best friend and you don't resent them. So everything is going to be all lovey-dovey, party-party with them. But your issue is with your husband. And it's your fault that you are now resenting him for something you knew was going to happen. It's not like he's not going to work forever. He has he can't legally work. So what do you want him to do? And then when you throw in his face that, you know, um, Ashton can do what he wants in the house because he pays bills. That's just so disrespectful. It's disrespectful to your husband. It's disrespectful to your relationship. You're acting brand new. Like you knew what this was about. You knew you knew what this was about. So that's her issue. Uh, one of the things that I just was not, you all know, don't come for me, how I feel about cats. And when they had that cat parade, there was like four cats and they had all the food on the floor. I thought it was just so nasty. It was so nasty. No cat prayed for me. Um, so Daniel, you know, wakes up the next day and luckily it's a weekend. So he has joined a softball team, a Venezuelan team, because, you know, he's trying to make some friends, trying to stay connected to the community, all the things. Um, and you know, he's upset. He's upset with his wife and he talks to his teammates about it. And one of the things we learn in this episode is that um, at 16 years old, he had a chance to become a pro baseball player, but he was also running with the wrong crowd. And I guess there was a motorcycle chase between him and his friends and the police and he got shot by the police in the arm and the leg and instantly ended his pro career. Pro baseball career. Is that how I said it? Anyways, he couldn't become a pro player anymore because he got shot twice. And I was like, what? <laughs> you did what? You got what? You got shot for what? Lord, that's a story right there. Let's hear more of what happened there. So he's complaining to his friends on the baseball team that his wife basically resents him and, you know, calls him out for not having money and all the things and not working and all of this stuff. And they explain how vacation love is different than real life, which it absolutely is, right? Every time you were with her, you were on vacation. You didn't have the day-to-day. -day. You didn't have the bills and and the cooking and the cleaning and all the things, you were just in lovey love mode. And now real life is literally hitting you in the face and your wife is treating it one way and you're treating it another way. But I feel like that's something that you guys probably should have talked about before you got married. So they go on to say, his friends go on to say that uh, you have to be patient with American women, which I thought was hilarious. And, um, you know, you just got to make sure that, you know, she doesn't start thinking that you're using her just for the green card. And so now 
Daniel's like, oh, I have to do something special for Amber because I do love her. I don't want to lose her. But then at the same time, she's treating me like shit. So what should I do? And so that's where they are. And I just, you know, it's Amber's fault. Amber's, Amber did a 360. And because she has, she's full of resentment towards her husband, she doesn't want to spend time with him. But what's going to happen is that they're going to have like a gap in their relationship and the gap is going to grow and grow and grow and grow and grow and grow and grow until guess what? It doesn't work. She has to use her words and communicate to him how she's truly feeling and why. And she has to take responsibility for knowing what the situation was going to be like. Yeah, it's going to be hard in the beginning because he can't work. He doesn't have a green card or work permit. So like he can't work. You knew that. You just are mad about it now. Okay, moving on. Crystal says, can't watch her. I fast forward during their scenes. Abby and Gabby, listen, Abby, listen. Abby, you tried to pull off a whole full-on scam because you really did think that you were going to come to America and live your best life, best opportunities, all the things. But now you're changing the narrative and you can't change the narrative. We all saw what you were doing. You're in this 10-year relationship. You meet this dude, American dude, and all of a sudden, after five days in real life, you guys talk on the phone, whatever, for months, and all of a sudden, you want to marry him. And not only do you want to marry him, you're going to go to America and leave your girlfriend of 10 years in the dark? That's what you were going to do. Let's call it what it is. What it's not is you saying that you had a plan the whole time and Gabby was always going to be a part of the plan. Bullshit. If she was going to be part of the, the plan, you would have told her. You didn't tell her. And the only reason that it came out is because the friend, Rodney, brought it up. Okay. Now you're trying to flip the narrative and be like, oh, well, Frankie was 100% into it. Frankie knew that we would get married and then I would bring Gabby over. No, he didn't. You lying. You lying and you're changing the narrative, girl. Stop lying. So Gabby's not talking to Abby. She got her own room um, and she just full of anger and distrust now because you know you find out that your girlfriend of 10 years was planning to get married and move to America to a dude that she met for five days makes no sense so Abby meets up with Rodney um and tells him you know Gabby said that I lied she doesn't trust me I love Gabby I was like really you love Gabby because if you loved her you wouldn't have been willing to jump on the next plane to go to America and get married. Like, come on. You love her. You literally made, you wanted to make life-changing plans and you didn't tell her, but you love her. Okay. Um. So Rodney's like, you know, listen, this plan that you're talking about and coming to America and marrying Frankie, you know, Frankie didn't mention to me that you also were bringing Gabby to the U.S. And 
he's like, yeah, I'm sure he thought he was in a monogamous relationship with just you. And he bought that ring for you. So nowhere did he mention later on Gabby was coming as well and the three of you are going to be together. He didn't believe that. He thought it was just you and him. And that's why he didn't come because he didn't want to come in between this 10-year relationship. So again, why are you lying, Abby? Like, why are you lying? And then Rodney goes on to make some excellent points. He's, she, he's like, if Abby's not honest with Gabby after 10 years, how would he, how would she possibly be honest with Frankie, who she's known for five days? Like, he's skeptical. He's skeptical if that relationship was real. He feels like she probably was trying to take advantage to come to the U.S. Maybe there was a financial gain in it. But nah. Nah, all of this, that's why you were mad. You were so mad. Not like, hey, my God, my heart is broken. You were mad because you had your green card plan to come to America and you had your ticket through Frankie, unsuspected, you know, love of your life. Are you serious? You were the biggest scammer of the season as far as I'm concerned, Abby. So she goes on to like try to tell Rodney, no, she thought she was in love with Frankie. And, you know, the plan was always for Frankie and Abby and Gabby to all be together. There's no way that that can happen for the long term, right? Because you would still have to get married within the 90 days then you're going through the same process as everyone else where you have to wait to get your work permit, green card, all the things. And then you have to wait a few years before you can even become like a citizen. So then how are you actually going to, and who's going to sponsor Gabby? And so she's supposed to wait around for what, two to five years for you to figure it out so that you can bring her over. Like, what was that going to look like? stop it. You knew what you were doing. There was no plan to bring her over. You were going over to do your best thing, do, 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 all the things, right? All the shady things. And you didn't care who you were going to hurt because you were only thinking about yourself, Abby. But no, we'll stick with what she's saying. She thought she was in love with Frankie, all the things. And Gabby's like, nah, you know, I don't trust you now. I don't trust you now. Um, and I was mad at first, but now I'm just sad because you're like, how do I trust this person? And you lie. And she's like, were you really going to leave? And she was, she was really going to leave. And Gabby's like, well, part of me feels like the only reason you're fighting for this relationship is because Frankie didn't show up and now you're busted, but now you're crying all crocodile tears saying how you love me, you love me, you love me, all the things. But then when asked... Do you love him more than you love me? What does Abby say? Abby said she felt the same intensity for both of them. So after five days, you feel the exact same way as your 10-year relationship. Maybe that's the issue. If you have been with someone for 10 years and you can say that this person came into your life for five days and you love them equally with equal passion, something seems a little off to me. Something seems a little off to me. I just think that she 100% was trying to pull a fast one and it blew up in her face. And now she can potentially lose 
both of those relationships. However, Gabby feels like she's going to try to sort through it because she has put in 10 years of her life. And, you know, this is something that was her whole world in her words. I don't know. I don't, I listen, guys, I don't know if I could be so forgiving. I don't know if I could be so forgiving. If I was in a relationship with someone and then found out that they were going to leave the, not only leave the country that we both built a life together in, but you were going to go marry someone else that we have like a fling with, you were going to marry that person. And you sat and said nothing to my face. We ate, we drank, we slept, all the things on a daily basis and you ain't said shit. And then you had this over the top reaction when your fling doesn't show up. Yeah, I would have some questions. I don't know if I could be so forgiving. Uh, Lori wants to know what do Abby and Gabby do for work? I actually don't know what they do for work. All I've seen so far, Lori, is them vacationing at different resorts. We know that Gabby is an um, artist, so maybe she does something in terms of artwork. But as far as Abby, I have no idea what she does. Last and certainly not least, Valentine and Carlos. Valentine and Carlos, I, listen, these two are like bickering Bettys. They constantly bicker about just the silliest, ridiculous, like bicker, 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 bicker. Why are you bickering so much? You guys are, are already like an old married couple, the way you two bicker. Anyways, they're in Santa Marta, supposed to have this romantic getaway, but they've been fighting the whole time. I guess they talked the night before or the night after. I guess they talked the night after, and now they're in a better place. And so they're going to go on this boat ride, but they get on the boat ride, you guys, and they're bickering on the boat. Oh, you're not paddling hard enough. You're not paddling fast enough. Bicker, bicker, bicker. I think it's, it's just so like, what are you bickering about? You guys are just fighting over nothing as far as I'm concerned. Um, But Carlos, you know, he thinks that Valentine is super sexy. So he's able to get over his bickering and be like, you know, look at my man. He is so hot. And so one of the things that they um, were showing in this episode is that, you know, Carlos has been closeted for most of his life, but he has this new openness openness in Santa Marta. He feels like, you know, a little bit more free in displaying, you know, his affections and and the love that they have for each other. So there were a lot more like, you know, signs of affection in public. Now here's, okay, so. I know you guys taught me and I'm going to try to like just remember it all. But so they're both tops and they're trying to sort that out in their relationship. That's basically what, what's happening here. Now, Valentine wants to bring a third person in, which I just think it's the weirdest thing for me to the way that he's saying it. He's not he's like, I'm polyamorous. And so I can love multiple people at multiple times. But the way you say it, so you're in a relationship and you both are tops. Carlos is hoping that one day Valentine will be a bottom. And Valentine says that that's not him, no way. So his solution is to bring a third person, but that third person that they're going to add has to be a bottom. 
What? What? So are you? Are you like? I guess my question is like so like if you were on a dating app, then you would say, "Hey, we're specifically looking for someone that's a bottom." Like you're, I don't know. It just it seems so contrived. Like it seems like you're like trying to. objectify this person so not anything has to do with the person itself as long as they're a bottom and like i'm sorry you guys if this sounds crazy but then how does that even work so then you're in a relationship with the three of you and since you guys are both tops do you alternate with the bottom like what is that and then Not going to work long term. They should just be top friends with benefits. Yeah, like I don't, I'm trying to figure out even what this third person looks like and who's with whom. Anyways, Valentine says he's ready to add that person now. And you are absolutely not ready to add that person now because you two can't even get through a day without bickering. So Carlos is like, you know, I think we need more time, just the two of us as a couple. Carlos is right, Valentine. This is the first time that you're seeing him in real life. Yeah, you've been on this year plus online relationship, but you've only spent a few days and every single day that you spent with him in real life, you've been bickering and or fighting. So I think Carlos is right. I think that you guys need more time together as a couple to get to know each other before you bring in a third person into this relationship. So the Valentine suggests that they be monogamous for two to three years and then go poly. And if they don't go poly in the two to three years, then Valentine thinks that the relationship will end. Now, I don't think you can just, you guys, I don't think you can just tell someone they have to be polyamorous or whatever. You can't just say, hey, okay, you and me are going to be together, just the two of us monogamous, but then after three years, we're going to just open up a relationship and we're all going to be polyamorous. I, I just feel like it's too messy. I feel like you go into a relationship and that's, that's the relationship and of course it grows and expands and changes and it's all fluid and stuff but i don't know i guess i don't know if it just works like that like can you just automatically be like yeah i'm polyamorous if you're not really polyamorous <sighs> i just i don't know i just don't i just don't see this i feel like they really are attracted to each other and they want to be with each other, but I think that they have a lot of uphill issues to deal with, right? Just like long-term sexual compatibility, whether you're in a, a monogamous relationship or a polyamorous relationship, where are you going to live long-term, you know? And I, I feel like those are the conversations that they're going to need to have for, you know, the long-term of it all. And what's crazy to me is that Valentine thought he was going to propose on this trip. On this trip, y'all. You're going to propose on this trip? 
you guys can't even sit next to each other for five minutes without bickering? I don't know. Um, Carlos doesn't seem to want to bring another person in at all. Wonder if he embraced being a bottom. Uh, it's really racy, Lori. It's but racy in a way that you learn things. Like I'm learning so much about this this whole like all the lifestyles and all the things, and so you learn a lot for sure, for sure. Um, so that's all. The couples we saw this episode, next episode looks like it's going to be just as juicy. Okay. Um, so, yeah. I'll see you guys next week. Oh, no, on Sunday. I'll see you guys soon. I'll just say it like that. Um, what does she say? Shouldn't have to be open to doing things you don't want to do to keep a person, though. Yeah, like, I just don't get it. Like, I can't imagine thinking that I'm going to be in this monogamous relationship with someone and then they throw at me, oh, but after two years, I want to have a polyamorous relationship. Like, well, I'm not poly, so how does that work? Do you see what I'm saying? Like, I just have all the questions. I don't I don't get it. And like Crystal said, if that's not something you, you are open to, is this maybe perhaps not the right relationship for you? Because I'm sure that there are other people that want to be and believe the same things that you believe. I don't know. It's a good question. It's a good debate. Talk about it. Till next time, guys. Bye for now.